Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and appreciate your support so much. I will be uploading a new episode every Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Follow my Instagram and TikTok at Nutrition by Lex for more information and health inspiration. Hey y'all, welcome back to Nutrition by Lex. I am here today with Kate Lyman and we are going to be talking all about why perfectionism is your enemy and flexibility is basically your best friend. So Kate, do you want to just kind of introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are before we start talking about the topic today? Yeah. So my name is Kate Lyman. I own a online nutrition coaching business, which is, you know, same thing you do, Um, same thing all of us do, but um, I've I've been doing this for quite a while. So I started um, coaching in 2015, which is kind of a long time ago now. And, you know, my road through this online coaching business has looked very different at times. um, uh, And I've loved every second of it, but really what I do is one-on-one nutrition coaching with this focus on flexible nutrition or the idea of tracking macros, but really take a flexible approach so that we can ensure that our nutrition is working for us and our lifestyle and that we're not thrown off by, um, you know, the chaos that life throws at us, which we all know about with this, you know, with, oh with everything 2020 is thrown at us so far. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do. And I, and I love it. I love the clients I have and Um, Over the past few years, I've actually expanded to having a team of coaches working with me. So that's been really, really fun and awesome. Awesome. Um, And and that's what we do. Just very highly individualized nutrition coaching. Awesome. I love that you guys dive into like the flexibility of nutrition because I think there's so many myths around nutrition and it having to be a certain way at a certain time of the day. Like you eat breakfast in the morning, you don't have it at lunch or you don't have it at dinner, but like, or sometimes people have it at dinner, I guess we used to do that when I was a kid, (laughs) but you eat lunch foods at lunch. And like, there's all these like ways of that it's supposed to be. And like, that's what I tried to preach to my clients all the time too. I'm like, there's no rules around it. No one says you can't eat the leftover spaghetti for breakfast. If that's all you have, it's something Mm -hmm. versus nothing. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and I would say like nutrition myth busting, like might be a hobby of mine. If we, Oh yeah. So it's fine. It's so much fun because there are all of these diet rules we believe or have believed for so long and they are so in our heads and, and we can benefit so much by just letting go of some of those. Um, And have like these, you know, to watch people have these like mind blowing come to Jesus moments around their nutrition is incredible because it's really empowering and freeing to realize like, oh, I don't have to stick to these rules. I thought I had to think about all the time, you know, Um, and it's great. Yeah. And I definitely think it's a passed down thing from like generation to generation. Absolutely. I know like whenever I first started living on my own, like if I wanted waffles for lunch, like I would make waffles for lunch. And like my mom would always be like, why are you eating breakfast food at lunchtime? Blah, 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 all this stuff. And that's what I was like. There's literally no rule saying I'm not allowed to. Like, what do you mean? This is what I'm wanting right now. All right. And I'm sure we'll get into it soon, but also the idea of like good foods and bad foods or, uh, you know, you have to stop eating at 6 PM or all of these just kind of um, random rules we've come up with that just have have no impact on us metabolic metabolically and how we function. Um, they just have been like kind of created out of nowhere to, to set restrictions around what we eat, which is just not helpful at all. Yeah, no, not at all. But the whole 6 PM thing drives me crazy. It's like people think an automatic switch goes off in our body at six, right. Something else happens. Like, no, our our organs still work the same way. (laughs) Right. 
All right, so let's kind of dive into our topic. We have a little bit of an outline that we want to go down through. And the first thing we're going to just kind of briefly touch on is what does it mean to be a perfectionist? Um, like, let's give some people some examples and just kind of explain to them, like, if they're keep thinking to themselves, listen to this, am I a perfectionist? I'm not quite sure I do this, but I do that. Like, how could someone really figure out they're truly a perfectionist? Yeah. So I think that we all have some of this perfectionist quality um, because we're really caught up in perfectionism in like all facets of life. And, and there are some times when it's good, like, yeah, let's try to do the best possible on our schoolwork or... Um, you know, if you're a surgeon, you should probably be perfect. <laughs> but when we're talking Please. about like our, yeah, our health and our fitness and specifically like dieting, um, dieting, meaning just following a specific pattern of eating, it doesn't have to mean like a hardcore, like fat loss diet, but specifically when it comes to our diet, we get very caught up in this idea of like, okay, I can only eat clean. Like I have to stay on track, can't fall off the wagon, all of this terminology that is really just perpetuating this idea that like either you're perfect or you suck. Yeah. Um, and that's just not true. And it's, it's the same with like, you know, I have to eat clean this week, no bad foods, no unhealthy foods. Um, and, and this black and white approach of either I'm being perfect in my nutrition, my nutrition, or I'm bad and unhealthy is like right. so restrictive. Right. So restrictive um, people don't even realize it. And people don't realize it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I've it's been hard. there. Like yeah. I was totally there. It was like uh, high school for me in the beginnings of college where I thought like, I had to eat clean. I had to eat paleo. I had to eat whatever way yeah. I was currently eating at the time. And if I slipped from that very restrictive, um, you know, path, it was bad and I was bad. And it becomes like this, this feeling of personal guilt and shame over your food choices. And when we are so caught up in what is perfect and being perfect, we're not able to have any flexibility at all when, you know, we go out to eat, which is something that happens, or we go on vacation, which is something that happens. Um, so it's just really this idea that like everything has to be perfect or it's bad. Um, that really kind of gets us into trouble. Right. And there's a lot of subconscious things that come into perfectionism as well, because a lot of people like us and people that are in this industry and interested in health, fitness, wellness, nutrition, everything like that, we're very type A. And type A people tend to be overanalyze things, want it to be very perfect, perfectionist. Um, and so we just kind of have these things ingrained into us and we have to almost work to not do them and be hyper-focused on them. And that's one thing that whenever I do my intuitive eating coaching with my clients, we go through these um, worksheets together where it's like, we're realizing the subconscious diet culture acts that we do on a day-to-day -day basis that you didn't even realize had anything to do with your dieting in the past, but it's just something that you've accumulated over the years and you just automatically do it. So a lot of the things come from just like habit as well. And it's just holding us back in so many ways that we don't even realize. Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred million percent agree with that. <laughs> Talking about how it can hold us back. Let's go into that. How can being a perfectionist hurt us and hold us back from our goals, our dreams, just like really anything. And especially when it comes to our um, nutrition, weight and fitness goals. So I think this, you know, this very restrictive perfectionism really backfires the moment something goes wrong. Right. Um, I'm going to put wrong in air quotes here because usually it's just like life, you know, not as but we have ex exactly not as perfectly planned. We have a bad day or we have a meal out or a vacation, like I said, or, you know, your friends call you up and want to go out for a drink or something like that, whatever that looks like. Um, we then cannot be perfect 
and everything feels like it's a mess. Um, so I feel like a very uh, frequent example we see is like you're eating clean all week, you're doing great, everything's perfect. Um, and then Friday rolls around and like you're overtrained because you've like had to be perfect in the gym too all week, right? You're hungry because you've it's a week of chronically under eating because clean foods only get you so far, you know, you're hungry, you're tired. Um, you go out with friends and because you know, this is not in the plan because you know, this is not going to be perfect. It's like an all out binge, right? Like screw it. I already messed up. Um, like why not eat the appetizer and order whatever I want and have a dessert and have three drinks on top of it. Um, and more common than that, it like spirals into a whole weekend of that. And you're like, I'll just start over Monday. Exactly. And then exactly. we're not only, yeah, we're in this cycle. We're just going to keep going on going like that forever, you know? Exactly. We're in this like super hyper-focused mode during the week when we have more of a set schedule and things like that. And it's eat clean, eat clean, eat clean. When most of the time when people are dieting or eating clean, so to say, they're under eating a lot of the times, which causes this restrictiveness and which causes this like famine in their body and they just need energy. And then whenever they do get it, like you said, they overeat. This is the all or nothing. So they're yeah. like, okay, either don't have it. And they just like go in and they have all of it. Cause they're like, I already ate something. So why not like screw it? And then there's the last supper effect, which is then like, okay, I'm just going to eat like this all weekend. Cause this is the last time I'm going to do it ever. And then they dive back into the restrictive cycle and it just happens all over again the next weekend. We see this so much of people that are going through dieting that are so hard on themselves and don't give themselves any leeway. Like you've got to have a buffer system. Like there's no way you can be like, if you try to drive a car down a road with like two cement walls right on the side of it, it's going to get damaged. But if you try to drive a car down a tunnel with like probably like 10 feet of padding on each side and then the cement walls, it's not going to get as damaged. You've got to give yourself some like buffer room so that you are able to do the things that you enjoy and still reach your goals. And it's going to take some time. Obviously everyone listening knows I say this all the time. They know it's coming. Good things take time, but that it's true. I say it all the time because it's true and it, it it's true in all aspects of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that example you gave and something, an example I give with my clients all the time, which this is not me. This is not anything new. I think it's like attributed to Jillian Michaels back in the day or something, but <laughs> um, it's this flat tire analogy. So like you're driving your car down the street and you get a flat tire, like that sucks. No one wants to have a flat tire. Do you a fix the flat tire or B like whip out a knife and like stab the other three tires because like screw it one tire is already dead you right know? exactly like, no one does that no no one does that but somehow it seems totally fine to do that in terms of nutrition like I screwed up one thing's wrong let me just self-sabotage entirely um it's when you so pop much. all the tires like yeah like I had one cookie oh no cookies are bad right that's a bad food that's unhealthy food I am bad let me have the whole sleeve. Like that makes um, sense. It makes no sense. But then, like you said, it's just kind of this subconscious thing I'm going on where it's what we believe. It's what we've been told. It's what yeah. we've seen. Um, and, and I think that that is part of perfectionism and flexibility is the, the ability to kind of get away from that. Right. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up with the flexibility part of it. Cause we, we need to just, we need to kind of describe what being flexible is. I know we've kind of sort of touched on it and stuff, but being flexible is pretty much giving yourself that lead way or that bump, that bumper room, as I said, in like that example with 
the car. I just came up with that. I don't know how I did that, but that just like flew into my head. I was like, Hey, I'm going to use that from now on. Fantastic. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so having that flexibility in your life and not only just in your nutrition, like I want to make sure like this, you need flexibility in all aspects of your life, like just to have an overall healthy, well-rounded life and be able to succeed in all things. You've got to have some flexibility. Um, especially when it comes to diet and nutrition and fitness and stuff like that though. So Kate, why don't you tell us some examples, how you implement flexibility into your own personal work life, just to give some people some ideas and be able to visualize it. Yeah. So, so when it comes to working with my clients, we work within the realm of flexible nutrition. Like that's what I call it. That's what it's termed. That's what it's coined. Um, and flexible nutrition with my clients is like the process of tracking macronutrients. So their intake matches a specific goal they have, or whether that's aesthetic or performance or health-based. Um, and so we're talking about flexibility and food choices, like the ability to eat what you want in order to meet these goals. Like not the total IAFYM approach where it's like, let me shove 10 donuts down my face. Like we're really melding like this idea of being intentional and mindful of our eating um, with this idea of still tracking our intake so that we build really solid habits, but being flexible within both our food choices and our approach. Like, you know, and, and maybe that tracking approach doesn't work for everyone and that's okay. Cause we can be flexible with it. You know, exactly. there's like this artillery of tools and skills and habits we can have. So we handle life no matter what happens, if it's a freaking global pandemic, or if you're on vacation with your family or whatever that looks like. Um, and, and it's this idea of flexibility that really allows us to, you know, give ourselves some grace when things don't go right to not slash the other three tires, just because something's like not perfect to how we want it. Um, and to be able to navigate health and nutrition, like beyond whatever period you have of strict goals into the future. So it's like a very sustainable thing yeah. you're doing. Like, it's not just like, I'm going to work on getting fit and lean right now. And then like, screw it the other 80 years of my life or whatever, no, yeah. you know, we're you talking about lifestyle. Absolutely. We're talking about long-term habits here. And I think this flexibility in nutrition is able to translate into the gym where we notice, okay, training isn't always going to go as I want it to. I'm going to have days where I feel bad. Can I be flexible and listen to my body and take a rest day? You know, hey, and notice that I'm, it's not, I am yeah. doing that right now because there I, you go. yeah. And I planned on doing a workout today, but I'm allowing myself to have a rest day because I couldn't get out of bed this morning. Cause my legs hurt so bad from my workout the other day. So like listening there's to my body. A sign, <laughs> there's a sign. Yeah. And, and so how can this relate to our movement? How can this translate into how we handle our workload? Right. You know, whatever oh your gosh, job yes. is and whatever aspect, like I could probably get flexible day to day with how we, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. And I'm like, this is like a do I say, not what I do <laughs> when it comes to work, but how can we be flexible and bring a little more balance into our lives in all of these aspects? Like, because if we think we're going to be perfect at work every day, we're just really setting ourselves up to fail. You know, if you're going to be the perfect girlfriend or partner or wife or whatever, um, you know, that's not going to work out very well. Like we have to be able to adapt and be flexible with whatever is going on. Right. We have to, uh, right. Especially when it comes to work and stuff. And like we said, do as we say, not as we do. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. So that's the <laughs> like, flexibility part, too. right? We're not perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that was what my point that I wanted to make with all this. It's like, you're not perfect. So 
stop putting yourself on a pedestal and thinking you're perfect, perfect in sort of a sense and stop putting that much pressure on yourself. Exactly. Because the more you think that you're perfect in this and that, being a girlfriend, being a boss, being a CEO or losing weight and bodybuilding, whatever you're doing in your life, everyone's life is different. Stop putting yourself on such a pedestal and holding yourself to such high standards to a sense that it's tearing you down. Like, obviously, I don't want you to lower your standards and things like that, but be realistic and give yourself certain days. Like one day you might be that person that needs to be on the pedestal and like you are perfect that day, but the next day it might be complete opposite and you might just like not get anything done. And that's totally okay. And that's where we need to learn to not beat ourselves up about that kind of thing too, because when you get down on yourself about it, that's just a lot of negative self-talk, which is going to just continue those kinds of days. So if we get positive about it, and learn, okay, I did this today, I did this today, what can I do tomorrow to make it better? Like really implement different um, positive life hacks or something like that, so to say, yeah. into your strategies, life. Really. No, strategies, really. Yeah. That's the word. Into your life <laughs> to help you have the best days you possibly can, but still give yourself that flexibility of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, so like kind of the mantra I adopt working with clients and like, any of them, if they're listening, they've heard this like 50,000 times and they're tired of it, but you know what? Like, I don't care Um, is let's focus on consistency over perfection, right? Right. Like you're not going to be perfect period. It's not going to happen. Maybe you do it for three days. Maybe you're perfect for three days and we know how that ends up. Right. But how can we focus on consistency in what we're doing? And this translate to everything, right? This is our work. This is our personal relationships. This is our friendships. This is our um, our nutrition, this is our training. This is literally everything we're doing. Um, this is habits in general. Like how can we focus on consistency and habits rather than perfection so that we're able to be flexible and able to be consistent, um, when life comes up, right? that's what leads to sustainable change. 100%. And I would love if everyone listening could like start to implement things in their life to start to even switch that mindset to the consistency of it versus the actual perfection of it. Cause I feel like that's the first step because so many people just automatically have like this mindset of needing to be perfect. But as soon as they kind of flip something around, then they can start to work on the actual progress of how to actually better themselves, even though it might take some time. Um, you still got to switch that mindset. And the biggest thing that's popping in my head right now when I'm talking about like mindset and perfectionism and blah, 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 and all this stuff is social media because we all follow so huge. We follow so many people like body inspo, like I know Fitspo or whatever it's called, all of this stuff, like super skinny people, like, like Charlie, so to say, and she's such a huge icon right now. And she's beautiful. Love her to death. And I think so many young girls are comparing themselves to her when obviously like she's got a beautiful body. She's very natural. Um, I support her in everything that she's doing, but so many girls are comparing themselves to her. And I think that it could be a very, very self-loving action to go through your Instagram accounts or TikTok or anywhere. Pinterest, even Pinterest is a huge one. When I was going through some um, of my eating disorder tendencies, I, Pinterest was such a big thing for me that I would like, I believe it. Skinny girls. Like that was like one of the top things. And I think it's such a big thing. Like you don't have to unfollow them, go through, hide them and like things like that or whatever, but that can be for like anything in your life as well. Even for like us being health coaches, you know, there's so many people out there that are doing 
huge things. And that could just like, honestly intimidate us if we're just like talking and following along what they're doing or even with relationships. Like my boyfriend even said it the other weekend when he was here, I was scrolling through or something and I was following like, um, Sadie Robertson Huff and something. And she had posted like a cute video of her and her boyfriend. I think it was like from, it was after their wedding or something. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, oh my gosh, look how cute this is. And he was just like, you literally like romanticize everything that happens on Instagram, like, especially when it comes to relationships. And it like triggered in my head. I was like, I do. I look at that. And then like, I almost like compare us to that. And I was like, I shouldn't be doing that. We're not them. Like we are our own people. I am my own person. Like I shouldn't be comparing them. I should be happy for them but I shouldn't be comparing them to me. Yeah, totally. and that's like with all aspects, friendships, work, relationships, health, fitness, gym. Um, so really focus on what you're putting into your body through your eyes as well. And even what you're listening to. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that like focusing on this comparison game or like perfection as modeled by someone else through a screen, you know, that you don't even know. Um, like it's kind of like we said before, like literally all we're doing is setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah. Nothing good will come of that. Um, Absolutely nothing. Exactly. And if you just like go into something and I don't know, if I like try to write a song and I'm like, I wouldn't, I would never be doing that. I sound like a dying cat, (laughs) but I'm trying to be like Ariana Grande or something like that. If I put that as my goal, be Ariana Grande, like that will never happen. I'm not her. I don't look like her. I don't sound like her. It will never feel really bad about yourself. Exactly. And I'm going to feel like shit. It's such an unrealistic goal that like I'm setting myself up for failure and I'm trying, I'm giving myself no flexibility because I'm saying I'm going to be like that. And it's like, rather than basing it around things of, I'm going to make goals in order to write a song, I, like other smaller goals. Cause that's one thing I like to work on with my clients as well is everyone tries to make this like monstrous big goal, especially when it comes to weight loss and fitness. Like I'm going to lose 15 pounds before Christmas or 15 pounds before vacation, blah, 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 all this stuff. And they try to take this big leap and then they miss it by like this much. Uh, like half an inch people can't see me I always forget people can't see me (laughs) we're talking um like this much and then they get super just like discouraged and unmotivated they start all over again so that's why like my main thing is when working with my clients is we make baby goals in order to reach the big goal so we stay motivated we're staying encouraged and we're not getting ourselves down throughout the process of it um and I feel like that's where a lot of people make the huge mistake of just like setting one big goal and trying to be so perfect at it and then failing and then feeling so bad about themselves. Yeah, totally. And like the example you just gave, like, are you going to be sad if you let, if you made a goal to lose 15 pounds and you lost 13, like you're going to be sad about it right? when we can really just like celebrate every single pound or like, you know, whatever measure of progress we're talking about. Like we had the opportunity to like switch mindset and just celebrate every small goal along the way. Right. Um, instead we're choosing just to make ourselves make our goals so unrealistic that we're actually going to feel bad. Like no matter what happened, we're going to feel bad. And like, I mean, like we're talking about, like we're not perfect friends or partners or students or anything but surgeons, you know, like we're not surgeons. So this doesn't matter. And if you're a surgeon listening, sorry, we're putting a lot of pressure on you. (laughs) We're putting a lot of pressure on you. I don't think any surgeons are listening to my podcast, (laughs) but if you are, Hey, if you are, you're, you're the exception. Right. Like we're not perfect in any of these realms. Like why would we expect perfection in our nutrition and fitness too? Right. You know, like it's just um, counterproductive really. 
Exactly. And that goes to the gym too. I feel like we haven't touched much on the gym besides like the rest days, but even if you do go into the gym for a set or something, say you're doing a leg day and you have a goal to like hit a certain number of reps with pounds. What is it called? You're maxing out. You want to go in and max out and you don't hit that. And you're just like super disappointed and stuff, but maybe that was an unrealistic goal for you. Maybe you jumped like 10 pounds, so to say, when realistically you should have jumped three. And it's like, let's take the baby steps to get there. And if you do have a bad gym session or bad run, like you, your time was bad or something like you still did it. You still went to the gym and did it. You still went on your run. You still moved your body. Like that's something to celebrate every day. Like working out should not be a matter of because you're burning calories or because you're losing weight or because you have to hit the certain time and stuff. It should be a celebration of what your body can do. And I feel like that's such a misconception in people's head. It's just, everyone just thinks so focused on like the outside and what it's going to make you do on the outside or what you can present to other people because of what you did. Um, But in reality, it's like, be thankful that your body can do what you just did, even though it wasn't exactly what you wanted to do. Like you still moved. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, back to consistency, like consistency over perfection. Did you move today? Were you consistent in movement? Yes. Check. We're done. Move along. Next day. Next day. Today Next was day. Time. Let's go. Yeah. Exactly. Take it one day at a time. And I feel like so many people, try, well, I'm even guilty of this sometimes now that I'm saying it, but like you, like you plan out so far in advance, which obviously like if you need to plan like some things, plan them, but don't plan out so far in advance to where you feel like you're failing if you aren't checking off every single thing on every mm-hmm. single day in that exact time that you've planned it. Cause I'm such a type A person that I have like three organizers and like all this stuff mm-hmm. just to be able to see everything. And I will make it almost impossible on some days to finish my to-do list for the day. Like today, for example, I had two exams and then I needed to go to the farmer's market this morning. I knew we were doing a recording. I had an in-person class and an online class. And I also had planned to do a head shoot photo shoot with one of my friends that I need, or headshot and I had shoot because I need new headshots. Um, and I was looking at my calendar this morning and I texted him. I was like, we're going to have to reschedule. I was like, there's no way I can get all of this done today. I was like, I feel stressed already. It's six 30 in the morning. I should not feel this stress. I'm on my first cup of coffee. Like I need to do it either tomorrow, Saturday, let's plan something and do it another day. And then I skipped the farmer's market too. I was like, that can wait. Cause that needs stuff for the headshot. So I was, like, rest day. I was like, that can wait. And then I haven't worked out. And I was like, yeah. okay, perfect. But I'm not beating myself up about the fact that I'm not getting those certain things done because I know I will get them done. Eventually they will right. be done by their deadline, everything like that. And I was just like, huh. But whenever I made those adjustments and moved some of those things around, so much weight was just like off my shoulders. I was like, yeah, and you, okay, you have the ability to look at your date and say, okay, look, I got a ton of stuff done. That right. was great. And I didn't explode, you know, exactly. I didn't explode. <laughs> or you could take a look at your day and like, well, I totally failed because I was supposed to do these two other things and I didn't do them. And now I don't have headshots today and I don't have what I needed from the farmer's market and everything is bad. Right. But I like, can't do that. Can't do that which, to myself. Which option are you going to take? Because exactly. it sounds dramatic to, to compare those two, but it's, but it's exactly true. what people are doing and, you know, ourselves included. There's no way that we're yeah. um, nailing this all the time, but it's exactly what people are doing day after day after day. Right. 
Exactly. And I love the fact that you said like us too, because I mean, obviously I just gave my example, but that's going back to the social media thing. What I wanted to say before was, I feel like that's why my account is the way it is. Cause I am so big on showing that even though we're health coaches and even though we're health influencers and we do what we do, we aren't perfect either. And I feel like a lot of people put us on a pedestal and see us as being perfect. Like, Oh, your, your diet's perfect. You work out all the time, blah, blah, blah. And I make it a point to show people, look, I'm not, I, I struggle on some days. I don't feel good about myself on some days. I eat crap on some days. Like I'm not perfect. I'm a human just like you are. And I've been through the same struggles that you're going through. And that's why I coach people because I've come through a lot of struggles that people have gone through. And that's one of the main reasons why I started my business because I want to help people be happy with their own lives and in their body. Like I am today, even though they're where I was three years ago. So that's one of the main reasons too, where and obviously we talked about Instagram and everything like that, but that's one of the main reasons my account is the way it is because mm-hmm. I love to just be real. I feel like there's so much not real stuff out there that yeah, like, absolutely. I love to just be real. And even with this podcast, I'm so authentic with my listeners and I just kind of like my open book and I'll just like tell them anything. I'm more open with my podcast listeners and like my family and friends probably. <laughs> and it's like, that's how I feel about Instagram though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right? Instagram. Okay. I'm so glad you said that. Cause one of my clients says that is about her Instagram. She's a fitness Instagram as well. And she's doing amazing. And she recently started to open up on her account. And she's like, I would say something on my account, like type up a whole paragraph before I would call my mom and talk to her about it. She was like, but yeah. it's so therapeutic. <laughs> I was like, yes. yeah, it, it totally I was is. like, it is. <laughs> And you, you're an example to others who might be feeling the same way. And you can have conversations with those who have been in the same shoes, you know, like exactly. It's, and it's, that's, it's good as long as you're not portraying this perfect life when it's just not perfect. Like I'd have right. a hard time believing anyone's even close to that, you know? Exactly. And I feel like that's where a lot of the, the food accounts and fitness accounts and stuff can be misconstrued a lot of the times. Cause a lot of people do only show the good days. And it's mm-hmm. like, we, that's not how we are as a human. Like most of the time we are going to only talk about the good days and we only talk about the happy things and stuff like that. So a lot of people tend to think, Oh, why is my life so terrible compared to their theirs when they're right. saying this, this, and this, and this, and when I feel like this, but in reality, you don't really know what they're going through. They might be going through the yeah, same thing you are or worse even like you don't, you have no idea. And so I think we should just take everything with a grain of salt and really, like I said before, stop comparing ourselves to other people. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, like you're saying us as, as nutrition health coaches, the reason I think we're able to get to this end where we are, um, where we can confidently coach and support others is because we've recognized that absence of perfection and we're not putting those expectations on ourselves, but we've, you know, dialed in on habits that allow us to be consistent with what we're doing so that we know how to handle those days that, um, we're trying to be perfect and it's not going to happen, or we feel a little less than, right. um, and we can kind of lean back on what we've learned from those. And I think those are, you know, you, you can know nutrition science all you want, but it doesn't translate into coaching. It's having personal experiences and little empathy for the clients, um, for your clients that really makes a bigger difference. 100%. I completely agree with that. Cause I've worked with a lot of RDs being in school to be an RD. I've worked with so many RDs that haven't had any experience with clients that have actually gone through like eating disorders Mm -hmm. or actual mental 
mental draining things mm-hmm. that come along with food and they don't know how to handle it in situations. Right. And I've also shadowed and worked with RDs that have, and you can see the huge difference between the person with empathy and actually understanding and knowing how to handle the situation, someone that's going off a textbook. Yeah, and absolutely. yes, you need a no textbook. And obviously like I'm preaching in the choir here for myself because I'm in school still. So a textbook <laughs> is huge. And I'm happy to learn that for exams and everything. But also the textbook doesn't know that the person dealt with binge eating disorder and anorexia at age 12 and then had a really mean coach in gymnastics at age 14. Like the book doesn't know that. Like, so that is when you've got to learn the qualities of being a health coach and actually learning the person. And that's why Mm -hmm. I love that you do everything so personalized and stuff too, because I feel like there's so many programs out there that aren't very personalized. And I don't know how that could possibly work when everything's different. Right. Because you can teach the textbook, but it's harder to teach someone to be empathetic or have experience or know how to handle other people's experience. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Exactly. I love the fact that your programming is like that and that's how you and your other coaches that work together do all of that um and i really enjoy everything that we have talked about in the past few i think we've gone on for like 30 minutes now yay um but yes i is there anything else that you want to touch on that has to do with perfectionism or flexibility or anything i think we covered everything i don't think so i feel like we've kept it short and sweet in a way that's like digestible and hopefully helpful yeah. <laughs> Hopefully helpful to the people listening. Oh my gosh. Yes. I know it's going to be helpful. It's even helpful for me to just like talk to you guys about this. That's why yeah. I love bringing on different guests, but I like to end every episode with asking my guests, um, three fun questions about themselves just to help the listeners kind of get to know you a little bit more. The first one is what's your favorite food? Okay. This is hard because I'm going to go with both a savory and a sweet. I like food. Like I like my food oh. a lot. So this yeah. is hard. to Okay. But <laughs> savory is tacos for sure like um it's like an authentic street taco is basically my favorite food ever i can eat it forever um every meal and be happy and sweet dessert wise is like a it's this is kind of embarrassing but it's like those pink sugar cookies you find at the gas station (laughs) or like the the white fluffy like the really pink like with the little sprinkles on top like it's a white sugar cookie with thick like, pink frosting yeah like yeah i know sugar exactly overload no those yeah. were like the thing when the they were little brought it to the party oh my god exactly gosh. exactly well so i still good. have not outgrown those no, i have not outgrown my, those. Great aunt, my great aunt she is 78 i think 78 something like that and she lives off of like i don't know how i don't know how we're related she lives off of coke diet coke Burger King, those cookies and honey buns. I'm not even oh kidding. Goodness. I'm not even kidding. She's like preserved on the inside. Preserved. She is preserved. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even understand, but she loves those cookies and we always have to buy them for her, like for her birthday gifts and stuff. Like it's Diet Coke and like those cookies and some honey buns. Like there you go. And she loves well, them. I she love just as happy as she can be. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. I, I don't say I have them too much, but um it's like it's like a reserved treat for something really good <laughs> yeah no I those are definitely good okay second is what's your favorite form of exercise or physical activity I love being outside so I would say hiking um, I'm from like the west and so that's my happiest um, but what I do regularly that I like most I'm into CrossFit I've done I've coached CrossFit for like nine years now awesome. um, I no longer coach because I do nutrition full-time but um 
that's that's what like I have the most fun doing like I get excited and I have a lot of fun see I've done CrossFit type workouts Uh I've never done like an actual CrossFit class I get super intimidated I don't know why no don't be that's like what's actually fun about it's social that's why I like it everyone said I've got I've literally been told so many times they're like you would love it like just go do it to a class once and you would like fall in love with it but yeah I don't know. It's I've the, always it's wanted the to social try. part, probably more than the workouts. Honestly, yeah. like that's where I met with my friends. That's where I met my husband. Like, really? Wow. Just, yeah, yeah. I coached his first class. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I know. I know. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, my last question is: What keeps you motivated to do what you do and live the lifestyle that you live? Ooh, this is a tough question because <laughs> I I'm like a pretty big believer that we can't really rely on motivation all the time because it's so fleeting. You know, sometimes we don't want to do something because we don't feel like it. We just have to do it anyway. So I feel like in terms of like for myself personally, staying healthy and prioritizing my health, it's like just a habit. Like it's just who I am and what I do. And like, even when I don't feel like it, I'm like, well, too bad. You do it anyway, you know? Um, But as far as my work and coaching, like that's really easy. I don't know. I don't need to be motivated too much because I'm like, have so much fun. Yeah. Like I, I firmly believe I have the greatest job in the whole world. Like (laughs) I am so incredibly grateful for it. And I love my clients so much, like too much. Um, I'm probably telling them all the time and they're like, calm down lady. (laughs) Um, And I have, you know, flexibility in my work and I work with my closest friends. And so I really love what I do. And I guess that's the motivating factor. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But I love it's fun. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's so much fun. I, yeah. I love it. And you just get to talk to people all the time. So yeah, you get to talk to people, you get to help people and you get to help them in a way that is, um, you know, it's nutrition coaching, but it's like so much more than that. You get to help them in a way that's so empowering and so transformational, you know, not right. just aesthetically, but in how they view themselves and food and how they're able to move on through the rest of life. Like understanding how to fuel themselves well and it's just a really empowering thing it's very powerful yes I would completely agree with that I love what you said at the very beginning of that is how you don't rely solely on motivation for everything that was a new and I haven't had anyone say that before I love that because so many people ask me all the time like how do you stay motivated blah blah blah, all this stuff and I'm like I don't like like I do sometimes but I don't on other times and I just kind of like make myself do it but like there's no other explanation to it and I feel like this that's such a misconception again about yeah. nutrition and fitness that when to, in, in order to have a lifestyle like this and live the lifestyle, like we do, you have to be motivated 24 seven. And it's like, that's not the case at all. We're, right. we have our down days, like we've said. <laughs> right. And I, I'll sometimes give my clients the example, like we do not always want to do laundry or brush our teeth or like cook for your family, like feed your kids. Like yeah. do you always <laughs> want to feed your kids, you know, Probably not. And there's some days where you just have to like freaking buck up and do it anyway. Yep. exactly. Um, and that's kind of how it goes. We're not talking about called like, life. <laughs> yeah, it's called life. It's not, we're not talking about like pushing through a day where you need to rest in the gym or whatever, but just like, like, it, like genuinely being motivated isn't going to happen all the time. So you have to just right. kind of like make it a thing you do and you do it anyway. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Okay. Well, I just want to give you a minute to plug yourself pretty much. Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you on Instagram, work with you if they want. Awesome. Okay. So I mostly hang out over on the gram. (laughs) Um, You can find me at KL nutrition. I really like to hang out on Instagram and I really love getting questions. So like any nutrition questions, I am always eager to answer them. Um, I try to put out as much educational content on there as possible. 
And then I offer one-on-one -on -one very individualized nutrition coaching for anyone working towards aesthetic or performance or overall health goals. Um, and I have a team of coaches that does the same and I know I'm biased, but we're all really good at what we do. Um, and we work with men and women, um, and we just really love our clients. So, okay. And then on my website, you can head to the resources page and have a bunch of free resources. I have a full meal prep cookbook, some at home workouts, some other recipes and cookbooks. Um, just a lot of good stuff there. Just handing it out. Awesome. Yes. And I will link all of that in the show notes as well. So you guys can just go click that and go straight to it. So you won't have to search around and find it if you missed that. But thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, and everyone listening, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you all again next Wednesday. You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast with Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian.